Hey everybody and welcome to Season 3, Episode 3 of The Rugby Report, your weekly recap and preview podcast of all things rugby. My name is Dwayne Burkhardt and this week we'll cover another week of pre-Rugby World Cup international test matches as the world's best teams prepare for the World Cup next month. And of course, we will recap Round 2 and look ahead to Round 3 in the Bunnings NPC action in New Zealand. But we will start with our international coverage as England hosted its rematch against Wales. A tough rematch with a not particularly interesting first half. But the second half, well, wow. The second half of this game was a lot more evenly matched than the second half of last week in Wales, which the Welsh dominated. Wales had a huge advantage in this game, actually up three men at one point, and should have taken it. They even had a possession at the end and could have won it. But England, in the end, comes back and takes the second match against Wales. The full-time score, England 19, Wales 17. But for England, a dark cloud sits on their horizon as team captain Owen Farrell was sent off with a red card with 15 minutes to play and may now face a suspension. In other international action, Georgia simply crushed Romania 56-6, France managed to come back at home and narrowly beat Scotland 30-27. Portugal simply dispatched the USA Eagles 46-20. And Namibia edged out Chile 28-26. Let's switch now to New Zealand action and talk about the NPC. The week's action, actually round one action, ended on Wednesday, the midweek game, as Northland hosted Taranaki Northland seemed like they were outmatched from the get-go in this game, but they absolutely did play with some heart and determination. The Tanifa drew first blood when Jonah Ma'u blocked a kick, then caught his own block and fell over the try line for the opening score. The Taranaki Bulls eventually pushed ahead, and at times they seemed poised to just completely take over the game, but they just couldn't close the deal and took only a one-point lead into the break, 14-13. But in the second half, the Bulls' defense stood up and locked out the Tanifa, while their offense simply had too many talented players to be denied. Still, it wasn't the Bulls' impressive slate of Super Rugby stars that made the difference, but rather, once again, Kalem Boshier, who, for the second game in a row, put the game out of reach and gave the Bulls the win. Full-time score was Northland 13, Taranaki 28. Friday night's action started with a thriller in Navigation Home Stadium where, again, I am still open to buying any of the homes on the hill overlooking the stadium, just saying, as the county's Manukau Steelers hosted the Hawks Bay Magpies. The Steelers were impressive in their opening loss against the Bulls last weekend, but the Magpies just seemed too stacked with talent for me, and I thought that they would take the Steelers easily. Well, folks, that's why they play the game, because this was absolutely not a walk in the park for either team. In fact, this was a good old-fashioned back-and-forth dogfight between two teams that looked as though they were impressively evenly matched. The team spent the entire first half trading scores, 7-0, 7-7, 10-7, 14-10, and it was 14-13 Steelers at the break. The second half had less scoring. In fact, we were 25 minutes into the second half before either team scored again. But then, well, it was just more of the same. It was heart-pounding, back-and-forth action. The Steelers eventually came up 21-13 with 8 to play and seemed finally in control. 
But then the Magpies said, not so fast. Closed the game to within three, but then the Steelers got a penalty and suddenly led by six with just a couple of minutes to play, which meant the Magpies needed one more possession and a converted try to steal a game from the Steelers on the road. But they got it. In extra time, they pushed down the field and simply drove the Steelers backwards across the try line, and they got their try, and it was a penalty try, so no kick needed, and they shocked the Steelers. Full-time score, Counties 24, Hawks Bay 25. Next up, the Steelers hosted Waikato, where both teams started sloppy, but the Steamers were frankly sloppier. Waikato dominated possession and territory early on, but managed just three points. The Steamers finally found their pace and their fun, but it was still just a four-point game, 7-3, for the bulk of the half. The Steamers scored a breakaway try late to take a 14-3 lead into the Sheds, and it was a lead that they would need because in the second half it was just more of the same. Another hard-fought, knockdown, drag-out match between two good and, again, evenly matched teams. The Steelers led 19-8 late, but the Mulus closed to within four and, in extra time, had a chance to steal the game. Would the Steamers lose in overtime for the second week in a row? Nope. Not this time. As I predicted, they found a way to hold on and win it. The full-time score, Bay of Plenty 19, Waikato 15. So the weekend started with two heart-stopping last-second games. Where did we go from there? Well, to Dunedin, where Otago hosted the defending champion Wellington Lions. And it was not a down-to-the-last-second game. It was, however, an historic game for a couple of reasons. First, it was the first game in New Zealand history, and I think it might be the first game in the history of professional rugby, to feature identical twins playing against each other in the same position. Peter and Thomas Umaga Jensen suited up in the 12 jerseys for Wellington and Otago, respectively, and both men had standout games. It was also special because it featured a try for Otago by backup fly half Jack Leslie, son of the current head coach of the Northland Tanifa and grandson of a former captain of the All Blacks. So congratulations to young Jack Leslie, and we hope to see much more of you. As for the game, well, you might look at the final score and think that it wasn't a lot for Otago fans to cheer about. But I respectfully disagree. If you only looked at the stats from this game, you might guess that the final score was 70 to nil. But it wasn't, and there's one reason why. Otago's defense showed grit, determination, toughness, courage, and a flat-out refusal to let down for 80 straight minutes. Make no mistake about it, folks. Wellington is simply a much better team than Otago right now. But when a team is that outmatched and still plays that well, well, I have to stand up and say, well done, boys. The full-time score was Otago 5, Wellington 28. But I came away very impressed by the heart and character that Otago showed in this game. Next up, Tasman hosted Auckland. Now, three years ago, in Auckland, these two teams played what was arguably the most exciting NPC championship game in history. For those who don't remember, it went into double overtime. 
But this game wasn't in Auckland, and as a result, it started pretty much as I expected it to. Which is to say that, at this point, there is no doubt in my mind, folks, the Mako men are back. Tasman dominated the early part of this game, taking a 19-0 lead into the break. Full credit to Auckland for regrouping at the half. They came back and won the second half 12-5. But in the end, Tasman simply controlled this game. And the full-time score was Tasman 24, Auckland 12. Incidentally, for those of you who didn't get to see the game, catch the highlights on YouTube and wait for the conversion kick at the 32-minute mark. Because after the kick... About 80 kids swarm the ball as it goes into the common area behind the uprights, and it is definitely fun to watch. Next up, North Harbor hosts Canterbury, and on paper, this should have been a wipeout win for Canterbury, a team that hasn't lost to Harbor since 2014. North Harbor is also playing with an almost entirely new squad this year, while Canterbury's starting 15 is packed with veterans who have a bunch of playing time together. But again... That's why they play the game. North Harbor was not only game in the slippery North Auckland conditions, they were taking the fight to Canterbury. And it showed when the recently buzz-cut scrum half Jamie Booth broke away for the game's opening try. It was 10-0 Harbor when Canterbury finally got on the board. The teams then traded a couple of kicks before Canterbury finally scored and knotted it up at 13. More kicks ensued, and it was 19-13 Harbor at the half. But in the second half, Canterbury adjusted. They scored two quick tries and their defense allowed just five points after the break. Harbor still led for the clear majority of this game. But in the end, Canterbury did what great teams do in tough games. And that's just enough to win. The full-time score was North Harbor 24, Canterbury 28. Next, Southland hosted Northland. And folks, I am still in mourning over this game. Southland led for basically 79 minutes of this game. But the one minute that they didn't lead was that all-important 80th minute. Northland tied the score at the buzzer, but then they missed the conversion kick, leading to our first extra time game of the season. And in that extra time, well, both teams had their chances, but neither team could get there. So, after 90 minutes of play, we ended up in a draw. The full-time score was Southland 15, Northland 15. Next up, the 0-1 Manawatu Turbos, who still haven't won a game since 2021, face off against the 2-0 Taranaki Bulls. The Bulls were the unpredictables last year, But an infusion of talent and some much-needed consistency has made them a lot more believable this season. And they showed it against the Turbos. I do want to give full credit to the Turbos, however. Down 26-3 at the half, they did not just give up, roll over, and get blown out. Which, frankly, they did more than once last year. No, this team regrouped, came back, and actually won the second half 14-0 shutting out a, frankly, much better Bulls team. Still, the Bulls didn't need to score again, and the full-time score was Manawatu 17, Taranaki 26. Checking in on my predictions so far this season, I was 6-1 coming into the week, I got the midweek game wrong, and the draw doesn't count, 
So I'm 5-1 this week, and after two weeks, I am now 11-2 on the season. Round 2 will end this coming Wednesday in Napier, when the Hawks Bay Magpies will host the Waikato Mulus in a game that I predict will be a barn burner. These teams have played some amazing regular season and postseason games over the last few years, and there's no reason to think that this game will be any different. Pay special attention to the battle at Scrum Half in this one, people, as the two big ones from the Super Rugby Chiefs will go head-to-head. Veteran superstar Brad Weber will almost certainly start for the Magpies, while the up-and-coming and undoubtedly future superstar of tomorrow, Cortez Ratima, will start for the Mulus. This is definitely the hardest game of the year so far to predict. The Mulus are coming off a tough last-second loss to the Steamers, while the Magpies are coming off a thrilling last-second win against the Steelers. It's hard to imagine the Mulus dropping two in a row. But it's even harder to imagine the Magpies losing this one at home. This one's going to be tough, and it could be a game long remembered. But I have to pick someone. So I'm going to go with the Magpies at home. Hawks Bay wins. Round 3 will begin on Friday when the County's Manukau Steelers will host the Bay of Plenty Steamers. Counties are way tougher than they appear on paper, and they'll be home and coming off that insane last-second loss. But the Steamers are fast, and their defense has looked good so far this season. This could be yet another close game and can go either way, but I have to give a slight edge to the Steamers here. Bay of Plenty wins this one. Saturday's action will begin as North Harbor will host Auckland. Last week I would have told you that Auckland wins this one in a walk, but the hibiscus-clad men of the North were impressive against Canterbury, while Auckland struggled against Tasman. This is a game which will probably set the direction for both teams for the remainder of this season. But I just can't believe that Auckland is going to lose two in a row like that. So I'm going to go with Auckland. Auckland wins. Next up, the Wellington Lions host the Southland Stags. Now, we all know that I love and have a soft spot in my heart for the Stags, but in Wellington? In the Lions' den? No. The Lions win this one, maybe in a walk. In any case, Wellington wins. Next up, Canterbury will host Manawa 2 in a rematch of last year's opener, which Canterbury won easily. And they will do so again. Canterbury wins. And finally, on Saturday... Northland will return home to face the Tasman Mako in another game that I think will set the tone for both of these teams this season. If Northland wins, they will get a huge boost of confidence and they are right back in the thick of things. But if Tasman wins, well, then they will have sent a clear message that last season was a fluke and they are in it to win it. And I think they are. The Mako men will take this one. Tasman wins. On Sunday, Hawks Bay will play Otago. Now, Hawks Bay is a better team on paper. But I've been following NPC Rugby in New Zealand for over a decade now. And one thing I know for sure is that when these two teams play, nothing matters. Scores don't matter. Lineups don't matter. Positions in the table don't matter. Anything can happen. Otago has shown an incredible amount of drive and courage so far this year. They do not quit, and they won't in this game either. But on the road, in Hawks Bay, I have to go with the home team here. Hawks Bay will win, 
but I won't be at all surprised if this isn't one more ridiculously exciting game between these two teams. Finally, on Sunday, Waikato will host Taranaki in a game that I would have easily called for the Mulus a couple of weeks ago, but the Bulls are back, and it may finally be their year to go into Hamilton and take one from the Mulus. I may regret this. I mean, I've certainly regretted picking the Bulls before. For fans of the show, you'll remember that the Bulls alone were responsible for nearly a third of my missed predictions last season. But their early season performance has convinced me. For the moment. They're not the invincibles yet, but they're definitely more believable. And I believe the Taranaki Bulls will win in an upset on the road. Taranaki wins. A round three will end in Wellington a week from Wednesday when the Lions will host the Tasman Mako in a game that could very easily be an early playoff preview. But I will not make my call on that game until next week. And folks, that is it. That is all the more time we have for Season 3, Episode 3 of the Rugby Report. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and tell all of your rugby friends about our show. And until next time, remember, if your nutritionist is telling you that you have to choose between rugby and pizza, well, it's time to get yourself a new nutritionist. See you next time. This episode of the Rugby Report is the 2023 copyrighted property of Narratives, LLC. It is intended for the free, private, and non-commercial use of its listeners only and may not be rebroadcast or retransmitted either in whole or part without written permission. Please email info at narrativesllc.com for more information.